You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play Music to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check out our website, praisechapellasvegas.com, to check out some more information about us and see what's going on this month on our events calendar. Lastly, follow us on social media at PC Las Vegas. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. To minister the word of God today, amen. Hallelujah. afternoon. <laughs> Good evening. Oh, man, I haven't been behind here in so long. I'm so nervous. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let me just get in here. So, Sanchez, <laughs> my friend. The title of my message is actually, I'm really nervous, not because I'm talking to you guys, because like, I talk to you guys all the time, right? That doesn't really make me nervous. I'm nervous because um, this message is probably one of the most important messages I've ever um, had on my heart. So that kind of made it a little, you know, difficult for me. So I, I really want you guys to listen to the voice of God tonight um, because this, this, the voice is more important than I think that we can even wrap our head around. So uh, the title of my message tonight is The Voice in Someone's Wilderness. So, uh, I didn't realize I have so much scripture in here, but I do. So, Josh, get your fingers ready, and let's go. So, we're going to go into John uh, one We're just going to uh, obviously reread the, the subject um, text. Whereas John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. And Ken, can you pull up the message version to that? And the message version says, I am the thunder in the... <clears throat> and... Uh, I typically am very against the message, uh, <laughs> the message version, <laughs> and Little Fina will <laughs> attest to that because we went back and forth on why I don't like that that version. Um, but then when I read the translation to that, I thought, okay, you know, I was like, okay, I'm the thunder in the desert, and thunder is loud, and thunder is is roaring, and thunder you can't wonder. Um, there's your voice be either. So, in a Typical teaching form um, tonight, I'm going to break down who, what, when, where, why. That the best answer was more of me on track with what I want to say. So, who is the voice? So, let's go into Romans chapter 10, verses 14 through 16. Um, and most of it, I'll be reading through the NIV, so they'll, they'll have most of it up there. Um, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How, and how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? For it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So did that answer the question to who? Kind of, right? Uh, 
how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? So obviously the who is somebody who has beautiful feet, right? And there you go, right there. Um, because they bring good news, right? Okay, so let's keep reading. Uh, let's go to Matthew twenty-two fourteen. Because we got to get some answers here, okay? All right. This one's this one's an easy one. We we see this scripture kind of um, everywhere as a quote in lots of sports events. Uh, for many are called, but few are chosen, right? For many are invited, but few are chosen, right? Everybody is called, um, but few are chosen. So that still doesn't answer who, right? So now let's go to the actual person. Let's read uh, Matthew 5:14. So this is Jesus speaking. Because if, if Jesus doesn't have the answers, I don't know why we're... Okay, okay. You are light of the world. A town cannot be hidden. So who is it? You, right? Okay. I'm so quiet. you got to wake up. I need participation. Thank you. Okay. The town built on the city. It can't be shaken. You moved, right? So the who is you, right? So who is the voice? God. So I love perspective. I think the perspective really changes a lot of different me this way. Now, this way. you guys get, like, you're not the same thing, right? Does that make sense? Like, I could have a stain on my jacket on this side, then I can look put together on this side, and then on this side I'm just wrinkled. Does that make sense? So you can see different perspectives from different points. So let's go to the, the same verse of this text, but in a different perspective. So we're actually going to read... Um, Luke's version of this scenario. John, just kind of like referencing back and forth, it wasn't written by the Baptist. Just because you guys don't know that, right? It was written by John. I don't know where we're at here. All right. John, written by John, Zebedee, James' brother. Jesus is, no. No, James' brother. James and John. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right, so was it written, John the Baptist isn't talking about, got it, okay, so, that would be weird. However, Luke, go to Luke 5, 6 to 11, because Luke talks about the same exact encounter, just a little different. And it's going to help us figure out the what, right? So, Luke, Luke of, um, he's a Jesus, interviewed a lot of people to kind of find the facts of this. Luke obviously was not here in that moment. So he was able to find record of Jesus' life and um, his first encounter. So we're going to go. Where am I at? I write so crazy. Uh, uh, okay. When they done so, they caught such a number of a large part here. This is where, where he could the people around him and listening to the word edged and who were washing their nets. He got into the boat belonging to Simon. And asked to put out the Then he taught the people from the boat. He had finished speaking. He said to Simon, put water on the map all night. But because you said so, I will uh, let down the nets. So scrolling down a little bit more, um, they, they caught a huge, a large number of fish. In verse 8, it um, says, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John. So, John is, that's John's first encounter with Jesus, right? And after that, 
it, it, it gets even better because it says they on shore, left everything, followed him. That was it. That was the first encounter that John had. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so John was deeply rooted in Jewish tradition. So he wrote things in, in a very specific way. But if we go to Matthew, where we're going out of Matthew 3. Matthew 3 is going to answer us the what portion um, of this uh, voice uh, banner. Um, Matthew was a tax collector, right? Nobody, li nobody likes tax collectors now. They definitely didn't like tax collectors then, right? Um, yeah, I don't like them. Um, but Jesus met him, and he saw his heart, his profession, and he followed Jesus. Let's read the what portion if we go to Matthew 3. Now, Matthew, in this writing this testing about himself. So it's kind of like an autobiography, if you will, right? Okay, so now he talked about John the Baptist preparing the way for people, right? So it says, verse 1 says, In the John preaching in the wilderness, saying, Repeat, uh, repent, for the kingdom of, of heaven is near. This is he who has, who has spoken of, of through the prophet Isaiah. A voice of one calling prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. So that's what? What should the voice be saying? Re repent. There you go. Thank you, Pastor. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven comes near. So the shoes who bring good news should be bringing good news, right? Good news, right? I'm, I'm a huge, I, can, you know, I don't want to say I'm a huge, I don't want to say, I want to say I enjoy Jesus man every once in a while. Okay, let's say that I am delivered a little bit. But, you know, God, God continues to bring that. But like, when you're like, dang, she did what? With who? You know, I, it's, I don't know if it's like the woman gene in me. but Or like when you get a pot of coffee going, I'm just like, no, she didn't. Look at um. So obviously, the word of God here is telling us that that's not what the voice should be doing, right? The voice should not. That's not bringing good news. That's bringing slander and um. Hey, and thank you, Fina. Uh, it's, it's bringing gossip and, and sometimes malice, and it hurts people's feelings. And um, that's not something that the voice should be, right? So, so the Baptist, a good example of uh, what we should be bringing out, right? So I think Fino touched a little bit on that last Wednesday. Like, you need to say something. What Bosh was saying. <laughs> our, our, our tongues are sharp and it's not pretty. <laughs> it has not been pretty. I have not always said the prettiest things. I have, um, yeah, yeah, I've done this mouth. Thank you. Okay. Um, so I am going to go into, I'm going to keep reading because I wanted to read something that was like amazing to me. Because I thought about, you know, it also doesn't mean, the voice doesn't mean that we're timid either, that we're short and slide, that we let things be okay and we try not to hurt or harm or because his sword came to divide houses. He came to, to you know, he's savage. So let's, 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 let's see John, John get real. So it says John, so picture this because Matthew is describing John's clothes right now. So I need you to just picture like long beard, you know, and then these clothes. So his clothes were made of camel's hair. Anybody? Okay. A leather belt around his waist. <laughs> um, and so the people went out to Jerusalem. So I'm actually no, um, uh, to him from Jerusalem and all of Judea and the world and the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. But when he sees coming to baptizing, he said to them, "You brought a viper to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. You 
and, and do not think you can say to yourself, we have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones for Abraham, that our trees and every tree that's good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Baptize you with the water, but after me comes one more who is more powerful. Sandals I can hire throw his feet into the barn and bring up the chaff with unquenchable fire. No, Derek, I was I didn't hear the message, but when I see some say something, right? You see somebody acting out, acting out, acting out of character. You know, I've I've been really fortunate and unfortunate at the same time because it doesn't feel good. But I've very been very fortunate to have um, an amazing church that really just calls me out. <laughs> You know, I don't get away with nothing. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't get away with nothing, man. A post, a comment, a like, a walk by, a wrong restaurant at the wrong time, you know. You know, being too close to somebody. I mean, I get called out. But it's, it's extremely fortunate because uh, I don't know what scripture is on the top of my head, but the word of God says when you're alone, you, you know, it's better for two people to be together because if you're alone, then nobody can come and get you. You're just, you're dead and alone, right? It's better to have a cat. they'll get, they might read like one scripture. They might read your bumper sticker, but how many people are reading you? And why are there empty seats tonight? Right? If your God, if our God is the God who saves, who comes, who, who loves, who, who gives a future, a hope, and a purpose, then why are there empty seats? I think that has something to do with me and that it has something to do with us. I can't help but think this claim to be a Christian way. We have lived the true gospel. I mean, I speak for myself when I'm going in. Uh, while we're living our life, there's that saying, more things are caught than this. I don't know what is. Okay? That it's not that the enemy comes. I highly, you don't need church in my You have made it. Because there are some ones. I'm just, oh, Jesus. Jesus. I can't do it. I need it. I need this plug-in service. What do you, what do you, what do you plugged in your phone from Sunday to Sunday? Stop it. You're lying. Chris left his phone. I was dying. I was like, I told, I told Carol, I was like, wait, he, he left his phone for like three days. <laughs> what did he do? Like, you, like, I don't have my phone for a second. I, I walk around constantly like this. Like, it's got to be here. Like, I don't know. Nobody's, I, I feel that imaginary vibrate. Like, no? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, can you imagine? Can you imagine what would happen if we carried the gospel like that? I don't know if you heard that one, but if you did, that was for you, right? How many times, you know that, that, that it is that weird phenomenon, you feel that your like, phone's vibrating when it's not really, it's not really vibrating, you know? Uh, how about you hear the Holy Spirit when you're not really in a place that the Holy Spirit's at, right? Like a, like a movie you shouldn't be in or, or, you know, like a party that you shouldn't be in or a place or environment, you just felt that little... Somebody's calling me, right? Ooh, hey now. Oh, hey now. All right, so John 13, 35, they will know that you are my disciples 
If you love one another, are you displaying love? Are you just, let's keep talking about love because love is, love is one thing that has kept always. Colossians 3.14, and out of all these virtues, they're in perfect unity. First Corinthians, without love we have nothing. So what is love? That we should be walking in on, right? If God is love, let's imitate God. Let's be like him and show the world, right? Jesus says, they'll know you my disciples, but how you love each other. That's really important. Is that we know God. the people out there don't know our identity unless we love not that I'm Christian, not putting the in the Facebook thing and identifying as that or checking a box or a bump sticker or my I, whatever. That doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is if you're, lo- if you're loving. So 1 Corinthians reviews of love is patient. It's kind. It's not envious. It's not boastful. It's not proud. It does not dishonor. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It makes records wrong. Again, love is patient. It is kind. It means it's patient. Do not allow the anxiety of the world to make you quick. Right? I'm a boss at work, and, and I'm like, I mean, some people, I, just, I walk by and I just move. I'm like, mm. <laughs> like, and they think I'm crazy. Veronica knows. She works for me. Brandon knows. Uh, you guys worked for me once upon a time, right? And I will I'll be like, dang, you know how to milk it. You know, you know how to like, like do one step, to like folding the jeans to like, oh, it's Instead of just bringing it all to one table and doing it all at one time, you're like one jean at a time. Like, you know, you know how to milk it, right? Right, so and I'm, I'm, I'm testing my patience all day. I'm just like, ah, let's go. We got timeline, right? Okay, but, uh, love is kind. I think you guys know what that word means. That means not being a jerk. <laughs> That's what kindness means. Don't be a jerk. Be kind. Choose to show someone kindness instead of show someone wrath. Instead of showing them attitude, right? Not envious. Get out of everybody's business. She got a different car. I don't know if you guys know what my car looks like right now, but Sally is beat up. Okay, she has red tape on the front, clear tape on the back. She's missing a bumper. She, man, she's had a rough year. She's had a rough year. Um, But not being envious. Know that God has your tree where God has your tree. With the fruit that's on your tree. Okay. Got it. Not boastful. If you get a better car than me, don't be talking about it. <laughs> okay. If you get that new Scion and you want to tell me about it, don't. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. It's not proud. It knows when to say I'm sorry. It knows when to say I'm wrong. It knows when to say I messed up and I don't care who knows it. You know, my best counseling advice to, you know, some of the, the women and, that I've counseled is they're like, well, I don't want, yeah, I don't want no one to know that I'm, that I, you know, I'm, I'm sad or I'm, I'm like, what's, what's the big deal? You love your husband and you're upset. What is the world going to know? That you love your husband and that you're upset? The world's going to know that you cry for your, your husband, your friend, your sister's salvation? That's it. That's what's the worst thing that can happen? That's it. There's no pride involved in that. That's the worst thing. You're sad. Okay. Well, I don't want to, you know, 
I was like, man, if you haven't seen Infinity War, I'm not even going to go there. Don't, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to go there. But don't be proud. Don't be proud. Uh, don't dis- be dishonorful. Don't be self-seeking. Stop thinking about yourself. Um, yeah, stop thinking about yourself. That's a good one. Um, not easily angered. If you know you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, just go back to bed. Just go back to bed, okay? Just call in. Don't go to work. <laughs> Keeps no records of wrong. Okay, stop bringing up last year. It doesn't do anybody anything to keep bringing up other people's something or even your something. Forgive them, forgive you, and move on. Okay? That was free. All right. In a nutshell, how many of the 99 are seeing all of these things fit into your life? Right? Your voice is not just what you say, but it's what you do. All right. Let's go to, we went to the who, what, let's get to when. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 2. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now. Ah, thank you. Now. Now is the best time to be a voice to someone's wilderness. You're never going to have a good time to be something good to someone else's wilderness. Now, remember that the, the, the title of my, my message is A Voice in Someone's Wilderness. A voice, in, you're the voice in someone else's wilderness. So it's not about what you think is a good time, right? It, it's not about whether you think, you know, stopping someone at Albertsons is a good time. It's not about whether you think that you, you know, are, are doing something and you're too busy and you're too caught up and it's not a good time. Now is always a good time to lead somebody to the Lord. It's always a good time. Okay? Always. You know, I was, I was sitting with somebody, it does, I'm, I'm going to bring this up because I was sitting with somebody and, man, I felt so rebuked because I'm crying, I'm praying, and, and I left that person and I did not lead them to the Lord. And that's what she asked me as a good friend who keeps me accountable. She said, well, did you lead them to the Lord? I forgot. I forgot. How dare I forget to end a prayer without asking somebody if they want to give their heart to the Lord. I was so, man, that jacked me up. I let them, like, when I met them the next time, I was like, you know what, you're going to get saved. You're gonna, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you. You're just, we're doing this right now. Repeat after me. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Repeat after me now. I was so, yeah, okay, that was good. All right. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. All right, the time is now. Jesus' example in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Our number one calling is to seek and save the lost, period. Right? So now we, who, what, when, where. Matthew 28.19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Another perspective was in Mark, in Mark 16.15. Mark uh, records Jesus saying, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to all creations. So in that different perspective, you see a more broader view. Where do you do this? Everywhere. <laughs> you can go there too. <laughs> Jesus, go preach the gospel. 
Go, right? Where? Everywhere. Everywhere is important, right? She was just telling me that, that you know, she was like, do you have that Jesus, what, what sign was it? Jesus save sign? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she said that's what brought her in here. That's how she got here, right? So everybody in here has, right? Everybody has a different story in here. And everybody gets in differently. You, everybody has a testimony that says, this is how I made it to praise chapel. This is who sowed into my life to get me here. And everyone is different. And sometimes it's a street corner. Sometimes it's, you know, meeting somebody somewhere, a friend of a friend. Or you just Google us. You know, nowadays people do Google us. So it's, it's, inter it's interesting to hear that. Um, and I don't want to neglect the importance of, yes, the we need to be the church out there. We have to be. Because if 99 people don't read the word of God and they read you, we got to get them in here somehow. There's a, there's a power. There's a flow. There's something in this room that breaks chains and changes lives forever. There's, you, you're never the same. And that is not somewhere else. That's here. So we need to, to, to minister out there. But we need to minister here too, right? And a, a lot of what inspired this was my own testimony. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop with the where here for like two seconds. And I just want to take a quick second because there's some of you that know me and some of you that have known me, barely met me. So like show of hands. Hold on. I got, I got visuals here. Show of hands. Who remembers this girl? Anybody? Anybody? Raise the hands. She is eight years old. Anybody? Anybody? Eight years old. She's cute. She also did not do anything with her eyebrows, and I am disappointed. <laughs> I am very disappointed. Shout out to Veronica for hooking a girl up. Okay. There's also that girl. Remember? You remember the, You remember her. All right. Anybody else? Just like five people remember this girl? You remember this girl. All right, cool. So we're going to get a little older here. <laughs> Pastor, what you said is funny. She was a brat. Yes, she was. She was not cute. Stop. That fell. Give me that. That's embarrassing. Pino, give me that one. You guys pass it around. I wanted to do them from this far away. Did that fall out? Okay. Oh, oh here's when it got bad. All right. Eighth grade. Yeah, you remember, anybody meet me there? Anybody? Hot mess. All right, and then I got to high school. I don't think it got any better there. I wasn't clearly paying attention. There's a sucker and a coffee in my, I was in chemistry class. I did fail that class for your information. Had to take it four times to graduate. Don't come for me. I still graduated. Okay, so I think that's, that's a good that's a good balance. And then we have like that girl, right? Where's my sisters at? You're back there. I see you. Remember this girl? That wasn't that long ago. I was 20, so I was still cute. Yeah. Um, so, and then you see me now. I'm about to be 25. So full, full circle here. Some of you guys have met that, that eight-year-old. I actually walked in here when I was seven years old. I came to Pray Chapel for the first time. 
in February 2002. That is when I did, obviously not in here because this is not the building. Um, I walked into church and um, I just want to make some quick mentions. As I'm going through this, this, uh, my, my testimony fairly quickly, I'm really not going to give you guys, you know, everything. But I want to fairly quickly run through a testimony because 90% of you guys in this room made me who I am today. You know, if, if the other 10% who just met me think that I'm anything of worth, if they think that I'm anything, it's because of you 90. So, whoo, <laughs> all right. So let's start with the first person that touched my life. Not here today, my sister Kara. My sister is my invitation to pray chapel. My sister is the one who invited me to come to church. Not here. I did invite her, though. I don't know how she got out of it. But I did invite her because I want to make honor to my sister. We've had our ups and downs. But that's my sister. And can nobody love my sister like I love my sister? All right? Okay. Moving on. And I did my highlighter. Oh, my Jesus. All right. Moving on to about, right, first time I came here. <clears throat> shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Sharice. She caught me when I fell. <laughs> Thanks for having my back up. <laughs> um, right, <laughs> thank you. Uh, my pastor, you led me to the Lord. Um, for seven years of my life, I can't recall anyone telling me that they loved me. I can't recall that feeling. You guys know that feeling when you're like in love and you know everything's gonna be okay? I never felt that until I came here. Until I came into Praise Chapel, I never felt that feeling. And I was in all of that feeling. I was addicted to that feeling. I was like, what is that? And I never had God so evidently tell me how much he loves me in the form of my pastor. Right? And my pastor's, my pastor's wife, my soul is on your crown. My soul is on your crown. So you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. Jeweling it up. <laughs> you know? And um, that's important for me. Right? Uh, my pastor's wife in invested into me greatly throughout all of my years, you know, I came into the church, and the people who do know that girl there will know that, you know, uh, I came from a drug addict family. I came from a, a really abusive family. I, I, there were nights when we didn't eat. There were nights when we didn't know where we were going to sleep because my dad had gambled all of the money, and we didn't know where we were going to go. And I want to give some quick mentions to certain people in this church that helped to donate and helped to to do that, right? They were the Acts 2 church. Acts talks about the church that gave and nobody was hungry. Nobody was without an, a need being met. That is the church that I came into. The church that I was shopping people's trunks. I don't know. Nothing bit me, right? I grew out of everything. I, had, I didn't know what to do with a skirt. I didn't know, I didn't know what to do with anything. And I shopped the women of this church's trunks. And I wore things that I needed to cover myself 
to clothe myself. I was given food. You know, quick, quick shout outs to, you know, Jenny and Chewy. Your leaders. They invested years and years in my life. And, and, you know, to see him come back to the Lord is the greatest gift I could ever have. To have freedom and forgiveness and God's covering over the, my father, my dad, someone who took care of me. He didn't have to feed me. He didn't have to take me in. They didn't have to clothe me. But you had leaders that did. You had leaders that invested in me and invested in my family. And I'm sorry if I'm getting teary-eyed, but I need you guys to walk out with something today. I need you guys to understand that this is not just a banner. This banner affects the next generation. And he could have saw a seven-year-old kid, an eight-year-old kid, who was legit a brat. <laughs> okay, I was, I was not cute. I was not pretty until at least 21. <laughs> pretty, pretty like... In my heart, my heart wasn't pretty for a really long time. And, man, you guys stuck it out with me. <laughs> you guys stuck it out with me, man. You know, uh, to, to, the, to that family for taking me in, for our leaders that did take me in, for Veronica for making me a cup of soup that changed my life, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for, for teaching me everything that you guys taught me. I wouldn't be that without you, right? And, and, and the person that, that I started to become goes out to Sister Elizabeth for investing her time, her resources, her giftings on me, for teaching me that at 21 I could be beautiful, I could make something out of myself, that God could make something out of myself. I took for granted everything you did, everything. I did not realize, I did not recognize anything you did for me. But I'd like to honor you because love honors. I'd like to honor you for putting yourself out there to get hurt for me. That's the church. That's the voice. And that desert, that wilderness that I was in, you pulled me out of. You pulled me out of. You're the voice. You're the church, right? To my, to my sister's keepers, the women that stuck in it with me, I have offended every single one of you guys, and I thank you for staying with me, <laughs> for sticking with me, because you're, you're the voice. You're the voice when I was acting crazy. I remember I said something one time, and Victoria just, like, rebuked me and punched me in the face, and I was like, dang, I don't know what I said. I think I said, like, I think I said the S word. Not the S word, but, like, the S, like, the, the dumb, but, like, yeah, 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 not the S word. You guys stop, don't look at me like that. <laughs> I said that, and, and, you, and, you, and you were the voice. You were the voice. You were my voice of reason. You know, I, I also want to make a good mention to, to Sarah as well, because you helped labor in that. You opened up your home. You, you poured into my life as well. You, you, you poured in when you didn't have to, and I thank you for that. That means everything to me. For Brother Dan and Sister Sharon, you guys prophesied over me, and one day, he told me two things. One time I was ready to give up. Oh, man, I was ready to give up. And you told me, you still remember my name or no? <laughs> he always forgets my name. 
sister. I'm like, dang it, you forgot again, brother. Dad. He told me, he told me one time. He told me one time. And he just stopped me out of nowhere. And it always gets me weird when, like, people want to prophesy over you because they know that it's been on their mind. And you're like, what? And he stopped me. And he said, you were taking me home. You guys were taking me home from somewhere because I didn't have a car at the time. And you said, man, you don't even know how precious you are to God. And I'm like, <laughs> in the back seat, just, ah. You know, he said, you don't even know the ground that you have. And I left that night just jacked up. And shortly after that, you guys took me home again, and you said, girl, you need to get, hold on. <coughs> girl, you need to get your ID. You need to get your driver's license because God's going to give you a car. You remember that? You don't remember because you don't remember my name. It's okay. I'll remind you. I'll remind you, Brother Dan. I got you. All right. You can take credit for it because you did say it. He said, get your driver's license. God's going to give you a car. And I have never, one month later, hey, don't come for me. <laughs> don't come for Sally like that. Oh, my James. No. Um, one month later, my ex-boss gave me her car. I mean, like, she gave me her car. That's all I can get for that. Hello? She gave me her car, people. I don't know about you, but I'm not giving out cars <laughs> left and right. Right? She gave me a car because of the seed that you planted in my life. So thank you. You don't remember it, but thank you anyway. Right? To one of the hardest Times in my life, moving into 20, right? I'm trying to escalate and just filter through a lot of uh, different scenarios and, and testimonies. Um, I want to give a great and mighty mention to also my pastor, again, uh, for impacting that portion of my life. Um, you know, uh, at that portion of my life, I, was, I went from, you know, dating to single. And that was the worst time of my life, worst time of my life, and um, me and Pastor and Pastor Maria went on a couple dates together, <laughs> and it worked out well, <laughs> and um, the little time that Pastor has from working full-time and being a full-time pastor, they never made me feel alone, never. They knew they were like, Sunday, you're going to be alone. I would watch the weirdest things with you guys. What if I went to movies with you guys. I'm all sitting in the middle like a weirdo. <laughs> Stop, I'm 20. Don't yell at me. I was 20. I, I mean, I had never experienced heartbreak ever. I had never experienced that. But my pastors were so quick and so ready to help me build it up again, to take all the little pieces and to fill in those holes and make sure that I always knew that I was loved and that I was never alone. And I thank you because you don't have a lot of time. And I ruined a lot of date nights. <laughs> Romance out of the window. Like you got rid of all the other kids and here I go. <laughs> I'm over here killing the romance for, for phase two in your life, right? And <laughs> phase two once the kids, you know, get, move on and get older. So here I am, all old, like, 
<laughs> and, and what's even better is that I never had to ask you. They just invited me, which was a little weird at first, I got to be honest with you, um, because I never had anybody love me like that, love me out of my wilderness without me asking. And thank you so much for that. That's the voice, right? Okay, moving on. We're running out of time. Sister Carol, you got me through some battles. You are one of the most kind-hearted and amazing women I have ever met. There is no mom like you. There is no friend like you. There is no sister like you. You have invested in me, you and Chris, as my Bible study leaders. The first Bible study I ever went to because you, you made it late. <laughs> at 7.30 and I work retail so I don't get off until that time. And the only Bible study I was able to make on, on a Friday, Saturday, and, and I was there because of my schedule and you guys invested in me greatly. And I, my Bible study team back there, hi guys, they're not even paying attention. You know, you guys all invested in me too because sometimes Bible study's over and we're just, we're in it. We're, we're in it. We're not leaving till we get some answers and those answers help me open up to people and be transparent like I've never been before. The voice in that wilderness. So thank you. Give a, a, another quick mention to Veronica and Fino. I also ruin all of your date nights. Um, I still do. Uh, I ruin every hotel uh, getaway. I ruin every harvesters and I ruin every activate. And thank you so much. I do pay well. Um, I, I, I do pay my half of the room. Uh, even when I'm sleeping on an air bed, hallelujah. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. I got a bed the last one time. I thought I slept on the floor one time. I'm pretty sure. But I didn't pay for the room that time, so that's okay. Right? No, I wasn't supposed to be there. You snuck me in. Yeah, no, that's right. You're right. You know what? Thank you for making me a part of your family when you didn't have to. Making room for me. So that I'm not alone on California trips. That means everything to me, right? Thank you to my friends who've invested in me, Marlene, for every late night, for every really long time, you know. Thank you for that investment because that investment means the world to me, right? Desiree, you're last but not least. You're amazing. You're, you are legit the voice in my current wilderness, I hope one day I can be the woman of God to you that you are to me. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Because out of all these pictures, the 24-year-old girl you see here is because of Desiree. It's because of what she's invested into me, every late conversation. She makes sure I'm not lonely on a Saturday night. Sometimes I'm like, what? where's Brandon? I don't know. We're talking for hours. You make sure to make room for me. You make me feel like I'm, I'm a part of it, that you're invested in me, that I'm not wasting your time. And you sharpen me. You sharpen me. We talk about God, and we just keep going and keep going, and we are, we're, you know, going through it. That's the voice. If, the, if these people that I mentioned aren't the voice, then I don't know what is. How important is it? Why is it so important? We're going to end with one last scripture. John 4, the woman at the well. If you can just go there. We're, 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 we're getting there. 
Just John 4. We're going to go through it, girl. We're going to go through it. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although it was a fact, it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had gone through Samaria, so he went down to Samaria called Zechariah, the ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down at noon. Married to women, came to water. Jesus said, uh, will you give me a drink? His girls had gone out to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman, Samaritan, Jesus answered that asked him, uh, and he would have given you living water. You have Nothing to draw with, and the well is you get this living on. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave the well and drank for it himself and his livestock? Jesus answered, Every drink that will never, will never thirst. The water will become in them and spring upon your life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me so I won't be thirsty, and I won't have to come here and draw water. He told her, Go back and call your husband, and then come back. My husband he said to her, Right, because when you said that you have no husband, the fact is that you have five husbands. And the man, you are, I can see a prophet. Our ancestors worshiped on the mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where you must worship is Jerusalem. Believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship, oh, we worship what we know, for the salvation is from the Jews. And now when true worshipers will worship Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit and is worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah is coming. When he comes to so who is speaking to you, I am who came for the Samaritan woman. What? He came for the truth. Right? We come for the outside. We come for the When? Water. Where? At the well. And why? Because that moment changed her life forever. That moment changed her life completely forever. Carol, I can have you come up now. She was never the same. And not only was she not the same, but the Bible records that she went back to Samaria and she told of what Jesus had done and how, he, how God had revealed himself to her and how he was the one. Isn't that what that's about? I got to tell you, the voice is about one thing, and it's the church. And it's about time we start using it for something better than what we use it for now. Because there is a seven-year-old somewhere waiting for your investment. I didn't even mention that pastor picked me up for eight years every service. That's the biggest investment anybody could have ever given me. A seven-year-old kid. You had no clue I was going to be this great. <laughs> you had no clue. He did not know I was going to be this wonderful. And he invested into me. Anyways, and I can guarantee you this, out of everybody who's come and who, out of everybody who's stayed, it, it doesn't matter. You would have done it all over again. What would have happened if he wouldn't have came? If, if, if the whole Corral family wouldn't have came to this place? My parents didn't have God. They didn't preach God. We didn't pray before our meals. We knew nothing of that. If anything, we had some wicked voodoo stuff going on. We had dream catchers and incense and weird candles, you know, and feathers on our feet. Man, we were jacked up. We, we slept with onions sometimes. I don't know, you know. But what would have happened? I would not have known Jesus. My life would not have been changed. 
my life would not be what it is now. Such as the Sumerian woman would not be the same. And some of you guys in here are here because you heard a voice. And we're just going to go ahead and move into altar call. So while you're listening to me, just go ahead and reverence and stand up.